Welcome to Poke the Bear, episode 167. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. We got a week, less than a week until regular season hockey kicks off. Thank God. As I was watching Thursday night's game, Rangers Bruins, it's like, man, so many NHL guys out here. This game just doesn't count. Just doesn't count. And I was, you know, at that point, it's like in the preseason, I don't, I think I've said this to you before, I don't particularly care too much about the established NHL players. You know, you can look for little things. Oh, is the power play working? This and that. But if I want to see them on the ice, I want to see the games count. I like the preseason for the younger guys, the prospects, which we'll focus on a lot in this show. So uh, I am done with preseason hockey. I have, I am over it. That is it. And I'm happy that the Bruins, actually, it's funny. Like I'm happy the Bruins are done with it, but I feel like the Bruins could actually use one more preseason game just to maybe shore a few things up. But I don't think, I don't know. I don't think they really need another one. Cause I think there's a lot of things that are done with this team um, or should be at least. And uh, one thing we're recording this Friday uh, at two 15 PM. So uh, uh, Jim Montgomery said earlier on Friday, nothing is imminent on roster cuts. So we're, ex- we're not expecting any, anything on Friday or today. So maybe sometime this weekend. Uh, what do you think? What do you think? You think we get any surprises? When do you think the roster stuff starts happening? I imagine you'll probably get more clarity after uh, practice on Saturday. It's not to say that once we finish recording this, something will ine- inevitably happen at like five o'clock on Friday. But uh, Montgomery mentioned that, you know, even though preseason's done, I think Saturday you're going to see a lot of scrimmages for their uh, practices. So I think they still want to give maybe those one or two or three final spots where there's, you know, two or three guys, up, you know, fighting for one role. Imagine they see what happens in scrimmage, see see how they build off of that, and then start making some moves there. Because I think ideally once you turn the clock and to next week and they're not going to practice on Sunday, go into Monday um, and, and kind of have your group settle down. And it was already a step forward today where it was finally down to one group for practice, which is always great. Um, but I think that's kind of the next step is – get some more scrimmages in, get some more battles and then kind of assess from there and kind of see where you're at. So um, again, I don't expect anything groundbreaking today on Friday. Expect, but um, that's, kind of where we are. that's kind of where we are right now though. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you have to do like a hunger Games style thing to get down to the, the, uh, the final roster. Uh, Cause it's just been so close. Um, we'll start here with Patra. Uh, so last Saturday, uh, Bruins were off. Um, I There were no big tournaments in the area that I had to go watch. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go with my friends over to Harpoon Fest. It's like Oktoberfest. They have it at Harpoon. It's fun. It's a good time. Try different things. Try different drinks and stuff like that. So it was cool. And uh, me and my friend, his name's, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, one of my friends' names, Nick Hart. He's a season ticket holder, actually. And he said, what do you think of Patra? And this was back last Saturday, so it's a week ago. And I said, you know, he's been great. But uh, I think going back to the OHL is the move. You know, I think you, you know, and well, exactly what we said. We, we keep, what we say on here is the same things we say off of here. Uh, and he's like, I, I don't know. I think, I think they may have something. I'm like, no, man, like you don't want to rush these things. You know, go back to the OHL and we'll see. Uh, and then this past weekend, <laughs> <laughs> and a lot changed. And so he came over on Thursday night when the game was on. And uh, one of my, I live with a bunch of my friends from UMass and uh, one of them has a bunch of their friends over to watch 
Thursday night football. Uh, and so the Bruins were on as well. So we had the two TV set up. And the first thing he says is like, oh, so Evan, when's uh, Potter going back to the, to the OHL? And I'm like, you got me. Uh, and so it's clear. I mean, it's clear. Like, you know, but I, I don't think we were wrong in in, in our initial takes. Um, I think we went off the the what we had in it. And he, he's proven us wrong, thankfully, which is not a bad thing. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for every Lucic, for every like, Bergeron, his training camp. And again, that's not to compare him to these guys, right? I'm just saying in Dude, terms poor of, Raycroft. Poor Raycroft was like, I you know, know, this kind of reminds me of when he was, people were like, what the hell are you doing? It's like, you know, he yeah, was in his I, training I tweet, camp. <laughs> I, I tweeted something with uh, how broadcasters are comparing him to like how Cole Caulfield was compared to Lionel Messi. I don't remember yes. that. I meant that in terms of the, the TNT broadcasters were like, oh, Bergeron, Bergeron, you see a lot of Bergeron in him. It's like, no. Like what, like Andrew Raycroft and a few other guys are saying, it's just that he's continuing to exceed expectations. Keeps on building every new practice, every new preseason game. Seems like he's getting better and more comfortable. Um, and yeah, for every one of the Patra or Lucic or Bergeron, these guys who they're promising prospects, but they go into camp thinking, you know, the conventional thing is they're at least a year away um, to then go ahead and uh, put themselves in a spot where they leapfrog, you know, the AHL and go right to the NHL. It's impressive, but it's not, I don't think a fluke or it's not anything like that. It's Patra has made the most of these opportunities. It's not like there was just one game where you see that, that flash of potential. It's every game he's passed a different test. So like he starts off, all right, he's a gifted playmaker. We'll get that, that confidence building early by giving you some reps with Pasternak and Martian does well there. All right. We're going to put you on a second leg of a back-to-back play both games Had tired legs still fun through and had that highlight real goal against the Capitals. And then I think you look at um, most people are, I think, ready to, you know, stamp his spot on the roster after that game against Washington. Then all of a sudden he goes out there again on Thursday, get put into more of where he might start the year uh, at the NHL level on the third line between guys like Geeky and Frederick. Establish NHL players, but not it's not like having David Pasternak on your line. And once again, they drive play. And it's not just Potra, like I think you look at Frederick and, and Kiki who have been kind of up and down during preseason, which again, don't, I wouldn't put too much talk into that, but I think it was the most cohesive you've seen those two guys as well. Next to Potra, I'm not to say that he's elevating them, but that line looked effective into what that role was. So um, yeah, we've always been high on Potra. I think we did like our, our, our prospect overview back in July. We said he was had a higher ceiling than, even guys like uh, Lysel or what have you, but we still thought he's a year away. I think that's the the cautious and sound approach to have with any of these guys, a guy who's only had two full years in the OHL because of COVID. He didn't even play in 2020, really. So, uh, no, but full credit to him uh, and the Bruins for giving him that opportunity early on, and he's made the most of it. And I think, barring something catastrophic, he's sure as shit is making this team uh, on October 11th. Then, the next test is whether or not he can stay long-term. So, but it's, I think a credit to him in and of itself that he's in line to start uh, with this team on October 11th. Yeah. I mean, again, five points in five games. I thought the most impressive was that Washington game because it was the second night of a back-to-back uh, faced Kuznetsov's line for a lot of that game. Um, had, you know, took his bumps, uh, didn't have them, didn't have a perfect game by any means, but still scores a goal uh, still is impactful in other ways. Um, and you know, never really gives up on a shift, which I find to be, uh, obviously a really good trait to have in a, you know, potential impact NHL player, especially at 19 years old. So again, 
it, it's a good thing. It's a, you know, and again, the Bruins also o- try to overseason guys. So I think for like, for me, I kind of looked at it as like, you know, um, he's probably a year away anyway, but the Bruins, if I think, you know, he's a year away, the Bruins sure as hell think he's a year away. Um, but you know, he played his way into it. Like you just look at the camp he's had. Um, and again, it's the little things. It's, it's not just the goal scoring. It's not just the points. It's, winning battles it's you know taking a hard hit and then getting right back in the action like things like that uh that that mean a lot um now i want to get to this because you mentioned uh you know like today in pra- or friday in practice he played between frederick and geeky um I, for some reason i was kind of under the assumption that if he was going to make this team he was going to slot somewhere in the top six uh and coil would go down to the third line which i i don't know i kind of like that idea a little better just because I think Coyle's such an advantage on that third line and you sort of elevate Patra, let him play with, uh, you know, Martian and DeBrusque, if that's who he was next to, uh, to establish NHLers who can kind of help him along. Um, what do you think? What do you think they do? And, and what do you think of potentially him being on that third line? Yeah. I mean, I imagine with this upcoming nine game sample size they have, I think it's almost a trial run for a lot of guys up front, right? Where you look at Patra, of course, the biggest thing is, can he hang long-term it's he deserves full credit for uh, making it, you know, accelerating his timeline substantially. But if he goes through nine games and has one helper and he's getting really knocked across uh, the ice and he's got tired legs and all these things, then, you know, for sure. But I think if you put him in that third line to start off as much as I think people want him to just run with, you know, Martian and DeBrusque, I think you start him off on that third line, see if he can hold his own, see if he can build something with those guys. And then I think you're also, you're not evaluating just Patra, but you're evaluating Coyle and Zaka, right? Like we, you know, for Coyle, I think he had a pretty solid game against the Rangers, but let's see how they build off of it. There's still question marks about how he meshes with the and Marshan. Like, is he better suited for that third line role? So let's say you get into nine games and Patra looks like he belongs and Coyle has been solid but not generating as much, then I think once you know for sure if you have a guy that's going to be here full-time in Potra, then you can start tweaking things a little bit more, right? Of like, all right, he's here to long-term. We know he can, you know, we know he can be solid on the third line because he's proven it over those last nine games. Can he give more up in the top six? Because I, I, I agree with you. I think if, if Potra belongs this year and he's driving play, not to say that this guy is going to be friggin' Braden Point or anything like that, but if he's a guy that, you play the whole year and give you 40 points of solid play, which would be above and beyond what you're expecting. Um, then it opens the door for, all right, I can see the appeal of putting him with Martian and DeBrus, two elite wingers that can ease him into that role, along with getting the most out of a guy like Charlie Coyle, who I think third line is still where he's best utilized. And he also has a lot of good chemistry with Frederick. So I don't imagine you're going to see on October 11th them put Patra on the top six and Coyle down to three C. But if Patra proves that he can stay over the first two weeks and maybe Coyle is not as impactful as they want, then I think that opens the door in terms of really kind of tweaking things. But I think first and foremost, you need to see whether or not Patra belongs up here beyond uh, the end of October, early November. I think you nailed it on the Coyle part. I think it's also to give Coyle a legit look in the top six. I mean, you think about his entire time he's been here, uh, Krejci Bergeron, uh, and then, you know, obviously the, the year when, uh, the, when Krejci wasn't here, it was, you know, Eric Halla. There's always been competition for the top six for him. And he's never really had an extended look there as a center. I don't think ever. And this was kind of supposed to be the season that you, you really get to see Coyle 
in a top six role. There was nobody else that was going to kind of work their way in there. I know like we kind of mentioned geeky, but you know, the jury's still kind of out on that. Um, I think it's also kind of a vet, a a move to, Hey, here's the veteran guy. Uh, We're paying him 5.25 million. We always kind of expected to be a top six center. Let's really see what we have in him as a top six center um, with, uh, with the Bruskin Martian. So I think it's also that element of it too. Like, you know, let's a give, Patra a runway into the NHL, you know, he's not going to play, you know, a ton, a ton of minutes, you know, for top six minutes, but he's still going to play a fair amount. Um, maybe you get some mismatches with Patra on the third line. You know, you have, you're right. going against guys that are not as offensive as he is. Um, but I think it's also the coil element of it too, where it's like, Hey, let's see him in the top six. Um, right. But again, I, I think it's a good problem to have because again, I think we said it on Bruins beat, like, you have a potential, I mean, you have a top six center in the system now, potential franchise type center, uh, at least kind of has the mold of that. That's pretty good. You didn't think, didn't know you had that a couple months ago, and now you do. Um, and I think that opens up a lot of different opportunities down the road. We've said it a thought, we have said this a thousand times. They don't need to blow this up. The core is there. McAvoy, Lindholm, Pasternak, throwing DeBrusque, temporarily Marshand, Swayman, you want to throw in Zaka. Um, I mean, you have to throw in Zaka in that, but what's the one thing missing there? A true franchise center. You might have that in Patra. Not saying you do. I'm not calling him Patrice Bergeron by any means. I'm not saying he's a franchise center yet, but he has some traits that would lead you to believe that at some point in his career, he might just be a franchise center. Um, so again, a hell of a camp. I mean, A-plus camp of Patra. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, this, you know. even even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't make it, like the guy, it's almost like I'm sure we'll talk about Laura in a second, but a guy that I think you're going with expectations high on these guys as a blue chip prospects, and they are they've taken a step forward. Like again, it's one thing to if Laura's up a little bit later on, which we'll get to, but uh, it's another thing to have Potra who could leapfrog the entire AHL. Impressive, like full yeah. credit to him for what he's done. I mean, when was the last time a Bruins prospect? had super high expectations and then exceed and then found a way to exceed them in camp. Like, yeah. I mean, cause even like Pasternak still had 25 games. I think that really benefited him, but he was a guy that I think immediately you saw him at like the first dev camp. Like, all right, this guy's got something here, but he's got to work on his game. Like Sagan, I know went right from, uh, from getting drafted to the NHL, but he was a number two pick. People thought he could have been number one. Right. So like, that's another thing in and of itself. Like, I think you look at like Lucic and Bergeron who are second round picks, um, you know, showed that they had a lot to give and were guys that could be future NHLers, but to then prove that at, you know, 18, 19 years old, very, very impressive. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I think it's, you know, so again, it's a good, it's a good thing here. Um, Even if he doesn't last the nine games, I expect him to make the team though. I mean, I think it's, he's done it because again, he's done everything. If, if in the, in the event, he does not make it to opening night. That's a huge, like, what are you doing? Like this kid came in, had the best training camp he could possibly have. And it's like, all right, we'll see you next year. You know, I'm not saying they're doing that, but if they do, that's not, that is not good. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets win or lose. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. 
And frankly, that's the best part about FanDuel, is that you can bet on anything. You want to bet on how many touchdowns Mac Jones is going to throw this year? Be my guest. Maybe how many wins the Bruins are going to have in 2023-24. Go for it. You can really do it all. So bet now on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Mass. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Hope is here. Go to gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. Go to gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. By the way, I just took a look at the waiver wire. Yeah, um, nothing. No Bruins, but a couple former Bruins. Uh, you got on there Austin Zarnick. You got uh, Carson Kuhlman. Yes. I think that's it. I don't think there's any other former Bruins on there. Uh, local boy, local guy, Billy Sweezy on that yes. list. Yes. So there's that. Um, but yeah, no Bruins on that, uh, thankfully, yet. Um, Mason Lowry, uh, th- really interesting week for him. Uh, I think he's had a good camp, um, but I don't, that's one guy I don't think my opinion's changed on. I think Providence is the right move for him to start. I see increasingly more and more people online saying, oh, but Derek Forbert has been terrible, which by the way, Derek Forbert has not had a good training camp, I don't think. Um, but again, veteran player plays very different minutes than Mason Lowry would play. Um, what do you think of where Lowry's at right now? Yeah, I mean, again, I, I think full credit to Lowry for taking another step forward. I think you see the things we expected, right? The offensive game is there, the puck moving, all that stuff. I think almost similar to Quadra, every game he showed a little bit more of growth in terms of areas that we thought he needed work in, right? Like, I think you hear about his skating, his D-zone play, had a couple of really good breakouts earlier on in preseason where he was really solid with the puck, wasn't making ill-advised passes, wasn't coughing the puck up against the forecheck, anything like that. So that's another thing you check off, like, all right, this guy is learning on the fly. Um, I think you look at this pass game against the Rangers, he's pretty much put in a shutdown role with Carlo. I think they had under 30% ozone start times. Bruins still outscored, uh, outshot the Rangers 4-1, outscored the Rangers 1-0 with those two guys out on the ice. It wasn't like a flashy game for Laura by any means, but was consistently solid, which again, I think is that last piece of the puzzle with Laura, right? That being said, like, I think Laura has taken a huge step forward. And I think we all expected that, like, going into this camp, he's going to see some of that flash, some of that skill, some of that poise of the puck, but we're going to see a lot of, like, uh, he needs some work there. And I think he still does, but I think he's gone from a guy that we expected maybe needed the whole year in Providence that I still think the best course is to start the year in Providence for him, but mostly because um, you're going to have more reps available down there. Like, unless, like, the Bruins think that he's a guy that they can put up with McAvoy or put with Carlo and they put Lindholm with McAvoy or what have you, they think he's ready for that jump. Um I think the best thing to do is start the year in Providence where you you can get 22, 23 minutes a night and especially power play time. That's like the one thing. If you want this guy to eventually be your power play quarterback, I don't think he's going to leapfrog McAvoy or Lindholm or Shattenkirk or any of these other guys. Or Grizzlick. Or Grizzlick. Like, there's a lot of guys in place there that he'd be 
pretty far down on the ladder for. So uh, I'm sure Brunson's probably don't want to hear that. Or I imagine if he does get sent down to Providence, there'd be a lot of uproar. But again, you look at just one, the inevitability of injuries. You look at uh, the promise he's shown. And the fact that, like, again, you've got a lot of established guys in your defense, but there's spots that can be pretty fluid, right? Like if Fulbert is struggling at five-on-five play, if Shattenkirk is not uh, giving you enough in that role, like you can switch things around and accommodate a guy like Lorai if, uh, you know, he's down in Providence playing 23 minutes a night and you're looking at the end of November and he's got 18 points in, in 26 games and is playing really sound hockey, then you evaluate. It's the same thing with like Pasternak, right? Like people probably were really pissed at Pasternak who had a lot of flash during his first camp, needed some time to work on his game. Proved that he belonged there and earned a call up, and then never went back down. Right, so I, I think you kind of view it as the same way, Lori. That as much as I think people really want to get this whole, I think especially with Potra, everyone wants the youth movement now to be in full swing, like the floodgates are open. Lori, I think, has taken a huge step forward, and I would not be surprised if he's here at some point this year, and maybe doesn't come back down, doesn't go back down to Providence. I just don't think it's right now. I think give him those early reps. If he builds off of this camp and kind of go from there, but um, he's on his way. Like he's looked a lot better than I think we were all were expecting going into this camp. Exactly. I, I expect him to be up at some point this year, hundred um, percent. And again, also injuries happen. Like aside from bad play, like injuries take place and you need guys to fill in. Um, but again, I think he moves the puck like a pro like that yeah. puck moving offensive abilities. You see that goal against Washington, him recognizing even with McAvoy, jumping into the play, the fact that he stepped up too, like offensively puck moving wise, breakouts wise, NHL player, uh, no doubt about it. Um, but as you know, as you said, there's still some things in his game that, you know, I think Providence will help with whether it's structure in the defensive zone, whether it's just better D zone play, um, you know, defending, just defending professional players, I think is just something that, you know, takes time with defensemen. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, being down in Providence, as you said, playing as the number one defenseman, playing, you know, a ton, power play, throwing some penalty kill. Like, I I think that's a good thing. There's no rush. And as you said, there's a log jam of NHL defensemen at the, at the NHL level. Like, you're not, it's not like they're rebuilding and it's like, you know what, you know, we're going to have, you know, a, a Patrick Brown-like you know, if you had someone like Patrick Brown on D, right? Like, oh, we're going to have them or low ride. I'll go with low ride. Um, right. Or as Montgomery said, call what call him low rider uh, on the, yes. the TNT broadcast, low rider, which is a great, great nickname. Um, but I, I just, to me, like, there's no rush. There's no rush. And I know I sound the same. I said the same stuff about Patra, but I think with low rides, a little more defined. Um, it's not as urgent. And time, and he also can go to Providence. <laughs> Botra right. cannot go to Providence. There's the difference. Um, so again, I think Lowry has had an amazing camp. He's done great, taken strides, much better player. I think you now know fair, like pretty well that he's going to be a top four defenseman in the next two years. Um, so I think that that's a very good thing to have coming out of this camp. Um, so there is that. Uh, other roster stuff. We talked about this a little on Bruins beat. Uh, actually, let's hit Derek Forbert real quick before we go on to the fourth line, because uh, Forbert's gotten a lot of stuff uh, on 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 Twitter, and he has not looked great. Uh, I, you know, I'm not the highest on Forbert. I think he provides value, penalty kill, uh, tough minutes, shutdown minutes. Um, 
minutes that you don't want to give to a guy like Lil Rye, at least to start. Um, he's also a veteran player. Things take time. Um, so I'm not ready to sound the alarm yet on a guy like Forbert. What about you? Where are you at with this? Yeah, I kind of view it the same way as almost like the coil thing where not to say that I think coil is running the risk of being out of the lineup, but I think you see where, uh, where you're at with Forbert. And again, if you have Laura down in Providence excelling and Forbert is great on the PK, which I don't imagine that's going to slip anytime soon, but if he's leaving a lot to be desired on that third pairing during five on five play, it's something you assess a little bit down the road, right? If you get into November and you're still kind of finding a weak link on that defense, on that third pairing, and you got to switch some things around because, again, we've said it before, your defense needs to be the bedrock of your successes here. Then I think you evaluate, but I don't see it as being a situation where I'm expecting Fulbert or someone to get moved between now and October 11th. But, again, we said this even before the, the camp started that there's going to be a pretty fluid lineup. There's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of new guys in there. So I I don't imagine it being something where Fulbert's out of the lineup um, to start the year, but you have to keep tabs on that, right? Because especially if a guy like Laura is playing well, got to make room somehow, right? Again, patience should be preached there, but um, if he looks like he belongs and you're getting into around Thanksgiving time and he's still playing at a high level, got to free up a spot somewhere. I agree. I agree. That is one of those things you do have to watch over the first couple of months. Uh, same goes, by the way, for Shattenkirk who has also not had the greatest uh, training camp. A um, little slow at times. A lot of the guys they got, very slow. They did not get any speedsters this offseason. Um, Lucic has looked pretty good, I think. Lucic had a good yeah. game against Washington. Uh, again, not saying he's going to be a top six forward, but good offensive awareness. I know he's always had that, but um, definitely good to see out of uh, out of number 17. Um Fourth line center role. I know we talked about this a little on Bruins beat earlier this week. Uh, Beecher versus Brown. I know today or Friday at practice, Brown played with Lauco and uh, uh, I'm blanking on um, Brown, Lucic, and Lucic. Literally, who I was just talking about, who we've kind of assumed would make sense as a fourth line. Um, we both agree it should be Beecher because I think Beecher's been solid this camp good enough to make the team brown has not been wicked impressive to me um what do you think they end up doing yeah i mean it's tough i still think i'm in the camp of beecher in that spot because i think he's played more consistently and i think if you're looking at the identity you want in that line again lucic is moving pretty well but it's still i don't think he's going to win any foot races i think you need speed on that line like i think you look at all these teams uh, across the NHL that are doing well. A lot of the checking units are that blend of speed uh, with, you know, that suffocating forechecking ability. You look at, like, Carolina. You look at, like, Vegas. All those guys are maybe not the burliest guys out there, but they will rack up seven, eight hits a night. They are, you know, buzzing in the offensive zone. I think if you have Beecher and Lauko doing that and you have Lucic adding that extra thump, um, there's a lot to like about that line. It's not to say that I think Patrick Brown's you know, doesn't have value. He's really good in faceoffs, hits a lot. But I think if you're looking for that more dynamic play out of that line, I, I like Beecher a lot more in that role. But we'll see. I mean, Friday, as you said, Brown was in that spot. Beecher was kind of in that no man's land kind of line where it's guys who may not may not make the team. But it might come down to just what the scrimmage is on Saturday. Like, again, I think Beecher's outplayed him. But the Bruins, if they're bringing in Patra, if they're – Maybe bringing in Laura, I will see. Like maybe they they counter that with a veteran like Brown and a and a, on a line that should have a lot of D zone time. But 
Um, I think Beach has been really good for what his role has been during camp. Yeah, I just, to me, Beecher seems like the obvious, or not obvious, but I think Beecher's the guy there. Um, You know, it's time to give him a shot at 4C, and I just haven't been super impressed with Patrick Brown so far. And if you have Lucic, who is slower, do you really want to put someone who is not very fast in the middle? I don't know. I'd rather have a Beecher. And I think, you know, dynamic-wise and getting young guys up and playing in that bottom six, um, I'd like him there. And I think he's been good in training camp so far. Just comes down to finishing chances. That's really what it comes down to with him, uh, which again, in his role, won't be the biggest thing um, in the world. So we'll have a better idea uh, as the weekend rolls along, what the lineup's going to look like. Obviously opens Wednesday night against Connor Bedard and the Blackhawks. Can you believe it? Uh, Did you see the shootout attempt by Bedard uh, on uh, Thursday night? That was tough. I did not, no. Oh, yeah, I got to send it to you. It wasn't great. It was, yeah, I mean, you know, shit happens. Um, But it was his first year attempt and everyone was like, oh, it's Connor Bustard. He's a bust, you know? And it was it was funny because he tried to deke and he just like toe-picked himself because he tried to, Flory kind of poke-checked him and then he tried to like threw his legs, go, you know, go on his forehand and he just fell on his face and Flory kind of went by him and tapped him on the, on the knee pad. So... I'll send it to you. It was good, uh, but good. it's going to be fascinating to see. I'm curious uh, what he ends up doing against the Bruins and and Taylor Hall returns, but yes, and Nick Foligno we'll see. and Nick Foligno a whole a whole reunion. Oh yes, lots of tribute videos. Uh, Connor, what can people look forward to from you over at Boston.com and the Boston Globe? Yeah, we're going to have you covered as we now that preseason's finally done. We'll start looking at lineup projections, uh, questions facing the season might. Might mess around, have a bold predictions post coming up soon. So we might have to tackle that next week. Um, so we'll be covered with everything leading up to the start of the Bruins season over at boston.com. So please read our stuff over there. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. We're presented by our good friends over at FanDuel. You poke the bear listeners. Have a great rest of your week. 